Welcome. This is jazz, just the way we like it. My name is Alfonso Severos, and this is my weekly jazz podcast, recorded live at Brick Arts in downtown Brooklyn, the People's Republic of Brooklyn. We play those classic jazz songs from the 1950s, the 1960s, and the 1970s. Those songs I listened to as a young man, and here I am now playing them for your pleasure. We also play now and then some of the newer stuff. Uh, I'm in the studio with my co-host and longtime friend, Lawrence Williams. Hey, Larry, brother. How you doing? All right, Al. What's up, man? Nothing much, man. Another podcast, brother. Looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spring is here, man. Yeah. Spring is here. Definitely feel it, man. The sun is shining bright. The daylight hours are longer. Yeah, that's for sure. We're in the 50s every day. Uh, maybe a little drop in the 40s in one day or two out the week, but that's not bad. A uh, few days we'll be in April. Yeah. And April then, showers bring many flowers. That's what they tell me. Yeah, well, that used to be before climate change. <laughs> climate change changed that whole bit. Oh, what's the new saying? There must be a new saying coming up. Yeah, it depends, know people. On, <laughs> depends on what part of the country you live in. Yeah, that's true, too. You know. Uh, all right, folks. You know, um, this jazz podcast, we always started off by playing a song that addresses issues of social justice. And here's one of my favorite artists, Pink, believe it or not. Uh, and one of her songs that I really like is called Dear Mr. President, a song by Pink. It was recorded on her fourth album, I'm Not Dead. The song is an open letter to the then president of the United States, George W. Bush, and this was done in 2006. And she, the song criticized several areas of the Bush administration. Oh, I like this already. Uh, including the Iraq War, No Child Left Behind Act, opposition to gay marriage and gay rights, all these positions that George W. Bush had, a lack of empathy for poor, and middle class. She even criticized his drinking and drugging while he was in college. And she felt this was one of her most important songs that she had written. And it was written in 2006. It was a big hit in Europe and Austria, Australia. Uh, in the United States, they just didn't play it too much. But here's Pink in an open letter. Dear Mr. President. Dear Mr. President, come take a walk with me. Take a walk. Pretend we're just two people, and you're not better than me. 
to ask you some questions if we can speak honestly. What do you feel when you see all the homeless on the street? Who do you pray for a night before you go to sleep? What do you feel when you look? Take a walk with me
Wow, wow, wow. That's pink. Dear Mr. President, how'd you like that one, Larry? That was really good. I, uh, I have, um, my son used to have a poster, and she was on that poster, and it was a poster with hip-hop artists. Oh, yeah. And when she first started out, she was a hip-hop artist. Uh, but I didn't know that she also did this type of song. Uh, she's got a great voice. That's number one. And the fact that the, the words to that song were, were poetic and, and so poignant at the time that, that she actually sung this song. I, I'm, I'm, I have today. I have a lot more respect for her than I had, you know. Uh, before oh yeah, coming this in this here. this song demands respect for her. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. And because uh, of course, uh, everything she talks about in, in terms of the Bush policy, many people had difficulties. People forget we went to a war on a lie. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. was no. Uh, yeah, weapons and, uh, of mass destruction. And we sought out and and supported the the overthrowing and killing of a president yeah. of a country. Yeah. And um, the thing I think at that about that time also the Dixie sisters got canceled because they went against Exactly. Them. They said something they, against They they did a song. They did a song and they got yeah. canceled. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you know, it took them a while before they've even been able to come back from, from, I know, from, from I what know. happened to them. Well, you know, this song was not played a lot in the radio in the States. You yeah, I, could, I, I can imagine. But why. in Europe, Switzerland, Germany, Belgium, all these countries, man, this was a number one hit. In Australia, it was a, a number one hit. So I, I, I always like Pink. I like her because she sings well and she, you know... And this song just seals the deal for yeah, me. Yeah, and I I saw her recently on on a new show or somewhere, and she just seems to be the type of woman that doesn't take a lot of BS. I yeah. mean, she's just straightforward, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of feelings and stuff like that. So that was good. I really enjoyed that. Okay, was great. Able to heard that. Or, I'm yeah. glad you did, man. Yeah. I did too. That yeah. was our. Song on social justice, folks. I hope you enjoyed that. Well, jazz. Today's episode is about one of the greats of American jazz, internationally known and respected, Wayne Shorter. He was born in 1933 and recently passed in 2023 on March 2nd. He was an American jazz saxophonist and composer. He became well-known in the 50s as a member and eventual primary composer of the Art Blakely Jazz Messengers. In the 60s, he joined Miles Davis, two great groups this man was in. And in the late 70s, he co-found the jazz fusion band Weather Report. He uh, recorded more than 20 albums played with a lot of different people. His compositions have become jazz standards, and his music has earned him worldwide recognition. Wayne Shorter won 12 Grammy Awards, Uh, and he's from the New York metropolitan area, born in New Jersey, Newark, went to high school in Newark. 
1952, he went to NYU as a music major. Went in the army. While he was in the army, uh, he played a little bit with... Uh, uh, who did he play with when he was in the army? Oh, I can't think of his name right now, but it'll come to me. Uh, Horace Silver. And that started him on his journey and eventually got into the uh, Blakely Jazz Messengers, and the rest is history. So here's a man. He's the man. Larry, I know you like Wayne Shorter. Yeah, I love I, I love him. Juju was one of my favorite albums that he did. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start with an early Wayne Shorter when he was playing hard bebop. And this is a piece from 1959 called Mac the Knife. You know the song. Wayne Shorter on Mac the Knife, recorded in 1959. Sit back and enjoy, people.
Mac the Knife from the uh, Wayne Shorter album titled Introducing Wayne Shorter. I think this might have been one of his, these, his first or definitely one of his earlier albums recorded in 1959 with uh, Paul Chambers on bass, Jimmy Cobbs on drums, Winton Kelly on uh, piano, and of course Wayne Shorter on tenor sax. And if you were wondering who that trumpet player was, Lee Morgan. Wow. How'd you like that piece, Larry? That was really good. I liked the um, the arrangement of that, that uh, you know, it's a classic piece of Mac the Knight. Uh, uh, I remember Louis did one, Louis Armstrong had, had, uh, did the same piece, but not with, you know, the alliteration that, that uh, uh, Wayne has and, and uh, Lee Morgan in terms of the trumpet was more straightforward whereas these guys were able to improvise in between. I guess that's part of the bebop era versus what uh, <clears throat> Louis came under. Uh, but I like both renditions but this is really good. I mean I really got into it. Yeah, that's an early uh, Wayne Shorter playing hard, hard bebop. Uh, that was you know the style that he started with. Uh and here's another uh, early uh, Wayne Shorter piece called Adam's Apple. This was done a few years later in 1965-1966. And this features uh, Herbie Hancock on the piano, uh, along with Reggie Workman and Joe Chambers. Uh, and, the name, and this is from The Footprints, one of his primary best-selling albums. And this is called Adam's Apple. So uh, let's sit back and listen to Wayne Shorter, Adam's Apple. Thank you. 
Adam Zappo, uh, Wayne Shorter on tenor sax, Herbie Hancock on piano, Reggie Workman on bass, and uh, Joe Chambers on drums, recorded in 1967. You can hear that different beat, man. It's like that is a post-bebop beat. Uh, you can see the difference from the first song we played that was recorded in the 50s that was heavy bebop. And you see the difference with this song that is more in tune with that uh, upbeat, that uh, 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 beat of the 60s. How'd you like that one, Larry? Yeah, that was really good. Uh, you know, Herbie and, and uh, Wayne together is always a good combination. And then uh, with the other two, it's uh, really good also. So um, uh, you, you sort of like hear Herbie. Herbie has a distinct uh, piano playing style, and when he plays acoustic versus electric or a Moog synthesizer, uh, you, you can hear Herbie. You, you know, mainly you can hear him. So I, I, I think that was very good. Cool. Uh, Wayne Shorter, man, you know, this he didn't stand still with his music. He was like Miles and, and uh, John Coltrane. There was this evolution that occurred and in the case of Wayne Shorter over many years. <clears throat> Let's step away from the jazz for a minute. Uh, this is something I want to discuss. I don't know if you've been keeping up with it. the issues around TikTok and Congress proposing a possible ban on TikTok. I think there's a lot of concern about that. First of all, they're talking about they, they have no proof, but they believe that TikTok's collecting data. And since it's a China company, it's overseen by a Chinese company, that they're giving the data to the Chinese. Well, the truth of the matter is every every single social media is collecting data. That's what they do. Now, the concern here is that they have all these couple million, 150 million Americans on TikTok, and um, they can put that data, uh, and their AI can, 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 can come up with ways in which uh, social media can in negatively influence Americans. Uh, that's the concern. Uh, but what about free speech? Now, they are asking TikTok, which is an independent Chinese company, that in order to continue business, you have to sell it to an American company. Now, this is like really looking at upsetting international economics and trade. Because if we do that to them, what would other countries, companies do to us, you know? And besides, it's, it's banning free speech. If we're about free speech, man, you know, you got to take the good and the bad. But people have the right to speak. And can we restrict foreign companies? Um, and it seems to be a political winning point for both Democrats and Republicans. There's this whole, it's part of this whole anti-China movement that's going on. And you see it in terms of the buildup of military in the Pacific. You see it with, with, with the White House uh, put down Chinese attempt 
to resolve the Russian-Ukraine situation, saying they wouldn't accept anything that, that any solution that was put on the table by China. Uh, but there's some underlying issues. The truth of the matter is that by about 2028, China will have the number one economic power. They will replace us as the number one economic power. And we're definitely concerned about them having a diplomatic say on the international. That was one reason why they didn't want them to accept the uh, solution. China's a big place. 18.4% of the world's population. Uh, India has 17.7% of the world population. United States, 4.25% of the world population. Larry, what do you think about this TikTok thing? Well, you know, like uh, like you were saying, like it, it is a restriction of, of, of uh, the right to uh, free, freedom of speech. Um, I don't... You know, I'm, I was just trying to figure out, like, what kind of information the Chinese can use against Americans, um, it's, it's individual not, individual Americans. Because they collect, you, you collect, when you collect enough data on behavior, yeah, you can draw a pattern and you can influence that pattern in social media. Like that's to, that's the concern. Through the, through the algorithm that Yes, you can write algorithms that will negatively influence. Okay. Uh whether it's addressing uh, teen suicide, whether it's addressing other issues, okay. numerous kinds of things. And, and we're we only beginning to see the impact of social media on uh, individual behavior and group behavior. It's a yeah. powerful weapon. Yeah, and, and it's also an economic thing, too, because there are people on, on, on TikTok who are making millions of dollars. You eliminate that, you, you, you yeah. eliminate their source of livelihood. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I'm talking about young people, very young people. They're making like money on um, fist over fist in terms of, of of money that they're making. Not only them, but uh, businesses advertise on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. So it's a whole marketing piece for businesses. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. So I, I don't know, man. I, I think I, I, if if it's a political thing. Uh, it's one thing, and it, and if they if the Chinese are gathering information that could not would but could negatively affect us, then maybe we need to uh, eliminate that. I mean, if that if the, not not whether or not it, it it will, if it could, it's a possibility. Well, in this, th- in this day and age, if if they are doing it, you can bet pretty safely bet the bottom dollar that we're doing it too. Oh, of course. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, that's, I mean, like if you look, I mean, that's the whole thing about the international yeah. scene. No one side is doing any one thing of anything. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I just recently got, start taking a look at some of the uh, spy dramas that are out. And even way back in the 50s, like there's this drama that about the spies that were in in Britain. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Man, I didn't think that that that, yeah, that double that, agents, double uh, all that stuff. Yeah, man, it was real. It was real. What's happening? Yeah. You know, and oh, yeah. you know, like 
as an American, I never thought of anything like that could happen. And that oh, was happening here. Yeah, it was happening here. There was a whole, you know, not only was that the, the, the Red Russian. Scare, yeah. but there was a lot of, you know, solidarity towards Russia yeah. uh, in, the, in the 50s and the 40s, uh, people identifying with Russia. Um, and Russia wasn't necessarily uh, seen in the same way it's seen today. Poor Robeson had a love for the Russian people. Yeah. 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 Well, that's that's a whole lot, man. But we'll see with TikTok. I don't, you know. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I would be surprised if they uh, actually if they do, do it. it. If yeah. they actually do it. It's, it's, that's it's, in the free market. Yeah. In, in terms of this. I mean, that's the whole thing about capitalism. It's about the free market. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. Uh, you know, it's it's maybe just political posturing. Uh, yeah, both sides want to do it. I guess yeah. it is, yeah. Yeah. All right, man, let's get back to my man Wayne Shorter, man. Here's a piece, an album that was done, his seventh album, called The Soothsayer. And, and this was uh, recorded in 1965. I know you remember that year, Larry. It's a Blue Note album, uh, but it wasn't released until 1979. Uh, Wayne Shorter, and it had Freddie Hubbard. It had James Baldwin and alto sax. Your man, McCoy Tyner, was on it, along with Ron Carter. So uh, here's a song from the Soothsayer album called Lost, L-O-S-T. Sit back and enjoy and allow yourself to get lost. Thank you. 
Lewis, uh, Wayne Shorter on tenor sax, uh, Tony Williams on drums, Ron Carter on bass, McCoy Tyner on piano, James Bolden on alto sax, Freddie Hubbard on trumpet, and the piece is called Lost. It's on the Soothsayer album. It was originally recorded in 1965 and released in 1979. The Soothsayer. I remember the, the, the character Soothsayer from Julius Caesar, uh, Shakespeare, Julius Caesar, Beware the Eyes of March. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, the, the person who can tell the future. All right, man. Uh, nice composition. Really nice arrangement. How'd yeah. you like that piece? Uh, it was really good. I uh, I was listening. There's a part in there that has been used uh, in music for either... Uh, uh, Star Wars or one of those uh, uh, sci-fi things. I've heard it's a it's just a small piece that I've heard. It's like I've heard it before. I've heard they're using it. It's not the whole song, but it's a part of. Uh, I just can't remember the. Interesting that you said that because Wayne Shorter was a definitely a sci-fi fan. Oh, okay, and a comic book fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's yeah. good. Well, that makes two of us. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm sci-fi, but never really comic books. Yeah. I my 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 granddaughters uh, for Christmas gave me uh, a compilation of uh, uh, Black Panther uh, yeah. uh, comic books. Like a, it was a compilation. Yeah. I haven't read comic books in a long time, but comic books was one of the things that helped me uh, read. Better when I when I was having trouble in, in junior high school. Oh, when I was young, I, I used to collect comic books. I yeah, had yeah. Two things I collected when I was young. Oh, actually three: um, comic books, yep. baseball cards, yep. and toy soldiers. <clears throat> I don't know what that tells you about me. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh, don't yeah, be too but, harsh but, in judging me. No, but, but that was all part of what we grew up with. We grew yeah. up with that. And, and, I know like, the bubble gum coming out of the uh, baseball yeah. cards and. Yeah. yeah, it was all cool. I used to get the toy soldiers out of the cereal box. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, and uh, baseball cards. My God, I wish I had my collection. Me too. I had the whole Brooklyn Dodgers '56 World Championship and the the Yankees, the Giants. I had the Giants too, man. The, the Giants because Willie Mays was on the Giants. Yeah. And, yeah. And. Um, uh, Brooklyn Dodgers was like I had the whole Brooklyn Dodgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What happened to yours? What happened to your collection? I don't know what happened over time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened to mine. But we weren't even thinking about we collected them. But you know what we used to do too? We used to go out in the in the street and we would flip them. in order to win win them. If you match the heads, yeah, you got yeah. You know, if you didn't, yeah, you gotta be careful with cards you flip because then you traded them. Yeah, then you traded them. That's true. Yeah. Oh, man. So that was uh, the Soothsayer album, a song called Loss. Here's another piece, man. This is another post-bebop Wayne Shorter called The All-Seeing Eye. When another one of his Blue Note recording with Freddie Hubbard on trumpet and James Spaulding, Herbie Hancock, Ron Carter, and Joe Chambers. Uh, the all the all-seeing eye. Uh, sit back, folks, and, and check out Wayne Shorter. 
And you can slowly begin to see uh, another change and progression in his music. Uh, This was done in 1966, I believe. Thank you. 
Thank you. 
You'll see in a high eye. Uh, Wayne Shorter, tenor saxophone, Freddie Hubbard, trumpet, uh, James Spaulding, uh, alto sax, Herbie Hancock, piano, Ron Carter on bass, and Joe Chambers on the drums. Recorded in 1965, you can, you can slowly hear that shift, uh, that, that, that movement towards what will end up being the group, this next big group, Weather Report. Um, that was a nice piece, man. Nice arrangement. From 1965 to 1970, he, Wayne Shorter continued to play with Miles Davis. And in fact, on the 1969 album, Miles Davis album, In a Silent Way, he plays soprano saxophone, uh, something you don't hear much of him playing prior to uh, In a Silent Way. And then in 1971, he recorded this album called Odyssey of Osaka. Uh, After the Odyssey of Osaka, Wayne Shorten went on and co-founded Weather Report. And uh, I want to play this song from Weather Report because that's a new direction Wayne Shorten went in. He was leading up to it. and this is uh, a piece called Black Market.
That was Black Market uh, Weather Report when um, Wayne Shorter left Miles Davis Group. Uh, by 1973, he co-founded the group Weather Report. That group lasted until 1985. And Weather Report had a diverse style. And in fact, they introduced, was, they were prime, one of the key plays in introducing a new form in jazz called Jazz Fusion. Uh, that in integrated both funk, bebop, Latin jazz, and ethnic music. And you can see this progression uh, with Wayne uh, Shorter in terms of his style of, of playing. Uh, but it didn't stop there, Larry. We got one last piece to play by him. You know, we're restricted by time. Uh, he did so many great pieces, but I need to play this piece because he did a lot of recordings with Carlos Santana. And there's a connection there. You have to understand that Wayne Shorter was a devoted Buddhist. He, long, he practiced a set of Buddhism uh, that was practiced in the area of Japan. So was Carlos Santana. Not a Buddhist, but both shared Eastern philosophy, meditation, and there was that connectiveness with them. And they are... Uh, they recorded together and, and they uh, uh, toured together. Carlos Santana is an interesting musician, and maybe we'll do a piece with him because, you know, he played with a lot of jazz musicians who had elements of spirituality, including Alice Coltrane, including Farrell Saunders, and of course, Wayne Shorter. And here's a piece, folks. We're going to go out on this um, by Carlos Santana, Wayne Shorter, called Apache, man. How'd you like that last piece, though, Larry? Oh, no, that last piece, well, you know, Weather Report, man. That's that, that's a group, man. And, 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 yeah. and, and it was a different style of music at the time. That, exactly. But it was so good. I mean, you had, you know, uh, Wayne in there who's, you know, excellent no matter what group he's with. Uh, and the Chick Corea uh, and Joe uh, Joe's Avenue was yeah it? Joe's Avenue Chick McLaughlin oh yeah McLaughlin oh yeah yeah oh man man these guys you know McLaughlin was with uh, Miles at one point especially on Bitches Brew I remember yeah he's on Bitches Brew and, and yeah. of course uh, uh, Joe's Avenue was with uh, 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 the alto player uh, Cannonball Adley yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Chick Corea was on um, a few of Miles' albums. Yes, Chick was on a few yeah. too. But uh, Joe Zavenu was always, always good with the uh, Moog synthesizer. Him and um, um, I'm sorry, Cannonball. Yeah, uh, seventy four miles away. Oh God, that's a classic for me. Yeah, yeah, I know. I have that as a, as a ringtone. <laughs> okay, let's. Uh... Well, we, we, I hear you, Larry. Let's uh, pick up this last piece, man, with Carlos Santana and Wayne Shorter on a piece called Apache. And, you know, we're going to miss most of Carlos's solo, but we'll hear a little bit of him. But we're going to hear Wayne Shorter's solo on this. And this is a, an amazing piece. Listen and enjoy, folks. <laughs> Thank you. 
magic, man, pure magic, Larry. Yeah. Absol- absolutely magic, that combination of Carlos Santana and Wayne Shorter. Yeah. Well, it's that time, Larry, man. You know, we can play a little. We, uh, I hope you enjoyed that, man. That was really good. I, I mean, I, I, it's, I think the name of that was Supernatural or? Uh, Apache. Apache, Apache. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, wow, it was just, it was just so serene, you yeah. know. Peaceful. Uh, yeah. I can see that Buddhist, you know, the Buddhist thing is like. That's what I'm that's talking zen. about. That, yeah. That's where it comes That at. connection. Yeah. Yeah, I can see, yeah, I can see the connection. Zen and oh, meditation. Oh, man, I'd rather hear that connection right yeah. there. And actually feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed this tribute. Of course, we <clears> couldn't play most of uh, Wayne Shorter's uh, repertoire of great music. Uh, but we tried to play some of his pieces, and we're going to go out on one of his pieces uh, from Odyssey of Osaka, a piece called Joy. So, as always, until the next time, folks, peace and love. <laughs>